This is the Lindell Report, bringing you news combined with hope by offering practical and achievable action points to assist you in defending and preserving faith and freedoms. And now, here is your host, Mike Lindell. Good evening. Welcome to the broadcast. I'm Brandon House in for Mike Lindell, who is buried in administrative duties tonight. I talked to Mike and about show prep, and he said, Brandon, if you could do this for me tonight, I would consider it a great privilege uh, and a favor because I am buried in administrative work. And I said, absolutely. If that will take some off your plate, Mike, I'll gladly do that to help you so that you can uh, continue to fight to save America and fix 2020 and oversee, let me get lined up here, fix to save, to save the country and fix 2020. I'll gladly do that. So joining me tonight is going to be Walter Doherty. As you know, we have been going through the um, declarations. Here is the declaration of Colonel Sean Smith. We went through that last week, right? Well, tonight we're going to go through the declaration of Walter Doherty. On my show tonight, Brandon House Live, I'm going to interview Colonel John Mills. We'll go through his declaration. All of this, for those who maybe don't know or you need a reminder, has to do with the lawsuit filed in Arizona, one of many lawsuits coming to one of many states. The plaintiff in Arizona is the attorney, the uh, gubernatorial candidate, excuse me, the gubernatorial candidate for Arizona, Carrie Lake, against the current Secretary of State, Katie Hobbs. And there are experts that have um, written and signed these declarations. Colonel Sean Smith, Colonel John Mills, and Walter Doherty, just to name three of them. Well, I went through his declaration today, and while we have interviewed him before, there is new information coming out of Arizona. A whistleblower, a whistleblower who actually has sent in an email, and it's in the declaration. You could see it for yourself. We'll show you how in just one moment. And what the whistleblower is saying is consistent with the findings of computer expert, Mr. Doherty. Let me make this very clear. There is a whistleblower who has come forward to state what was going to be done to steal the election in Arizona. What the whistleblower is saying, and Mr. Doherty did not know this fact until May of 2022. Mr. Doherty did not know this fact about this whistleblower and their uh, report of how the election fraud would occur in Arizona, he did not know this until May of 2022. What the whistleblower is saying is consistent with what his research that he did before May of 2022 shows. So we now have the research, the computer expertise of Mr. William Doherty, all the report done, the study done, the PowerPoints built, the analysis done and presented to you guys on this show many months ago, only to now have a whistleblower come out and report something that's very consistent with what the independent study of Mr. Doherty is showing. But where is the national news media on this? They will continue to tell you, oh, the debunked claims of voter fraud, the conspiracy theories of voter fraud. Really? 
on my national radio show today, which airs on 60 stations, terrestrial stations nationwide, and here on Lindell TV at 1 o'clock Central, a caller called in to remind us about the 2021 article in Time Magazine, where they themselves, Time Magazine, admitted there was something funny going on, and in many regards, Mr. Trump was right. Go read the Time Magazine article. Folks, common sense tells you something was going on here, and evidence is overwhelming. It was an algorithm running. And you'll remember from our documentary, Absolute Proof, that I was honored to be the director of and one of three executive producers with Mike Lindell, he and others were talking about an algorithm. Then in the next documentary, Scientific Proof, an absolute cover-up, or what was it, absolute interference, we have Dr. Doug Frank showing with his mathematical background. There was clearly an algorithm running. Well, reality is, how can you fix the election if these voting machine companies continue to hide behind what they claim is their private information, their, their uh, intellectual property? Wait a minute. We pay for the machines. These are basically a public utility. And now we have, within the last two weeks, the Cyber Security Infrastructure uh, Agency coming out and saying what Mike Liddell has been saying since the beginning. Hey, these machines are vulnerable. Votes can be altered. And now the government apparently has come out and said the exact same thing, specifically about the Dominion machines. Is Dominion now going to sue the federal government and CISA for saying that? Well, again, the information is overwhelming, overwhelming, and keeps coming in that Mike Lindell was right all along. Joining me now is William Doherty. Sir, welcome back to Lindell TV and the Lindell Report. Hi, Brandon. Good to be with you. Thanks for having me back. Great to have you with us. Do you want to comment on my opening monologue? Great start. Obviously, the point of the lawsuit in Arizona is to ban voting machines statewide. So we've had the attempt to do it nationwide and weren't able to get all the attorneys general to, to sign on to that. We've had the county commissioners, starting with Nye County, Nevada, and just this last week, Otero County, New Mexico, county commissioners deciding not to use voting machines because they aren't trustworthy to go back to hand-marked, hand-counted paper ballots. Now we're at the middle level, and as you mentioned, this is the first state lawsuit that the Lindell Legal Offense Fund is filing to ban machines statewide. So Arizona is the first state, and the other 49 in the District of Columbia will follow. And if folks want to support that cause, they can go to uh, the website, which is... I should know it by now by heart, lindelllegalfund.org, lindelllegalfund.org, if you want to help out with that, lindelllegalfund.org. While we're there on the website, let me just show you this new square that was made last week. There it is, injunctions to terminate the machines. If you click on it, folks, there you go. Here you have the declaration of Colonel Sean Smith we went through last week. Here is Mr. Mills. I'll go through that tonight on my show with him, Brandon House Live. And here is that of Mr. William Doherty, okay? So if you would like to read what I was reading today and marking up and have here at the desk, you can do that. 
What I'd like to do is go right on down before we start back up at the top. I'm going to scroll on down to the bottom, uh, and I want to read right in here. All right, this, November 10th, 2020. Is this the email from the whistleblower, Mr. Doherty? It is. All right, let me read this, kind of set the stage, because this is fascinating. This is something, by the way, you didn't know till May of this year, correct? Correct. I had heard that a whistleblower had come forward, but I had not seen the statement or the details until last month. And what he is saying is consistent with your findings that were done before you found out about this. Uh, well, exactly. So when we get to paragraph 18, there's a graph there that has a noticeable blip on it. And I didn't know what caused that blip. But after I got the whistleblower's report and he said how fake votes were going to be inserted, then I knew what to look for. And now I can find the exact block of ballots that are responsible for that, that blip. Wow. All right, let's read this. U.S. Department of Justice, this is anonymous reporting and do not want to be included in this investigation. Thank you. Please be advised that Pima County Recorder, located at 240 North Stone Avenue, Tucson, Arizona, 85701, and Pima County, Arizona, and the Democratic Party added fraud votes in the initial count to the vote by mail totals released at 8 p.m. on November 3rd, 2020. There were approximately 35,000 fraud votes added to each Democrat candidate's vote totals. Candidates impacted include county, state, and federal election candidates. Though the utilization of the automated ballot count machines in Pima County elections, my understanding is, it's actually, I should be back up. Through, through the utilization of the automated ballot count machines in Pima County elections, my understanding is that 35,000 were embedded into each Democrat candidate's total votes below are the finding, below are the meeting notes. In a meeting I was invited to by the Democrat Party in Pima County, Arizona on September 10th, 2020, no phones or recording devices were allowed. A presentation was given, including detailed plans to embed 35,000 into a spread configured distribution to each Democrat candidate's vote totals. When I asked, quote, how in the world will 35,000 be kept hidden or from being discovered, end quote, it was stated that, quote, spread distribution will be embedded across the total registered voter range and will not exceed the registered voter count, and the 35,000 was determined allowable for Pima County based on our county registered voter count, end quote. It was also stated that, quote, total voter turnout versus total registered voters determine how many votes we can embed. The embedding will auto-adjust based on voter turnout, end quote, because the, quote, embedded votes are distributed sporadically, all embedded votes will not be found. If audited, because the embeds are in groups of approximately 1,000, this is so the county recorder can declare an oversight issue or error as a group of 1,000 is a normal and acceptable error, end quote. Then it quote again. Maricopa County's embed totals will be substantially higher than Pima due to embeds being calculated based on the total number of registered voters, end quote. When I ask, quote, has this ever been tested and how do we know it works, end quote, the response was, quote, yes, this has, been, this has been testing and has shown significant success in Arizona judicial retention elections since 2014, even undetectable in post audits 
because no candidate will spend the kind of funds needed to audit and contact voters to verify votes in the full potential of total registered voters, which is more than 500,000 registered vote voters. This should probably should be voters. This year, our Secretary of State has removed precinct level detail for each for, for election night releases so candidates can't see precinct over votes. In quote, this is what I have from this meeting. Just thought I'd report this. Not sure if you can do anything since I was unable to have a recording device at this meeting. Thank you, B. Watson. Wow. And so what you're saying is if we go back up to the top of your report and we go to paragraph 18 has a graph which is right uh there's 17 let's see okay is this it right here no it looks like you've got a page missing on your pdf uh-oh yeah it looks like i got a page missing okay well can you let me just scroll down to another one, make sure we don't have it in here somewhere else. None of this? Um, well, uh, 23 will work. I can, I can point it out on there. Okay. 23, let's see. Paragraph 23? Yes. Let's see if we got 23 here. All right, here we go. Would that be? No, that wouldn't be it. 23 is there. Okay, that's paragraph 23 right there. Oh, okay, that, there. So is that it right there? Um, some, oh, you did uh, black and white. There's a colored green line in there. Yeah, we're just going with your, uh, your. Um, okay, blue. is there a way I can sh share my screen? Yeah, do it. Go ahead. Logan, can you share your screen? Sure. I don't know. Logan says he's not sure if you can or not. But I might have, I was going back through an old list of our emails to see if I had a, uh, I thought I had a PowerPoint from you before that might have it in it. Let me, uh, let me run your PowerPoint through my system real quick. Nope, I don't. Okay, I always think I maybe have. All right. All right. Well, I I have the graph on my screen. Um, if you want to email sorry, it to Logan, the fans here. What do I have to do to share it? Do you have Logan's email? Yes. Uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I might have it here. Is this? Is this? Can you show him, Logan? Is any of this look like the right thing to you? Uh, yes, the uh, the one on eighteen. This is because this is uh, this is an old PowerPoint I have of yours. Okay, that that one's fine. That'll do. Okay. Okay, so um, let me, let me explain what what this is. This is a graph of the cumulative ratio of biden to trump votes so you'll notice on the right hand side there are some purple lines delimiting election day okay so all of the votes to the left of that were early voting 
that's a combination of mail-in and also in-person early voting. Okay. So here we're looking at early voting. Now, when you start adding up one vote at a time, the ratio of Biden to Trump will change quite a bit at the beginning because of such a small number of votes that makes the denominator very small. So you'll notice on the far left of this graph, there are a bunch of dots between about 2.6 and 3.5. Right. So let me just make up a simple example to explain what's going on here. Let's say as you tally up the votes, the first four votes are for Biden. That means four out of four, he has 100%. And then the fifth vote is for Trump. Now Biden has four out of five, which is 80%. So he's dropped from 100% to 80% in terms of the ratio. And that makes sense because one fifth is 20%. So by the time you get to 5,000 votes, the next vote can only change the ratio by one five thousandth. And by the time you get to 50,000 votes, the next vote can only change it by one fifty thousandth. So you would expect to see some fluctuations at the beginning, like that set of six or eight dots between about 2.7 and, and 3.4 or 3.5, but it should very quickly settle down to the final ratio, especially after you've counted about 10% of the votes. So this is the reason that quality control works, and this is the reason that good polling works is if you take a random sample of about 10%, then you have a very good estimate of what the percentage is of the total. So let's say you want to poll your employees at MyPillow.com, which do you like better, Chevrolets or Fords? Hmm. And I don't have a particular preference, so I'll just pick one and say uh, 37% said they like Chevrolets better than Fords. Well. If you had sampled 10% of your employees at random, and that sample was 37%, and then you went ahead and asked the other 90% and got the total average, it might be 36 or 38, but it's going to be very close to 37. So a 10% sample should give you a very good estimate of what the final result is going to be. What that means is that this graph after the first 10% of the votes are counted ought to be horizontal, but it's clearly not, it's sloping. So this slope from a ratio of about three to one Biden to Trump, so three out of four votes at the beginning of the graph down to 1.5 to one or three to two on election day, that's a change by a factor of two. So that's a huge change. So the first takeaway from this graph is that there's a sloping line when it ought to be horizontal. And that sloping line says something was manipulated to get this. So you see that the dotted line shows the final cumulative average was 1.47. That was after all of the post-election day at election day, it was at 1.57 to one. So it should have been 1.57 or 1.56 or 1.58 after about the first vertical line. So the first vertical line is about 10% of the votes. You see that uh, little, those two little mountain peaks? Yes. 
Uh, zoom in on the, the, the first two columns. Yeah, that's good. So you see that second peak is just about on the line. That's about 10% of the vote. Okay, after you counted 10% of the vote and you see that the ratio of Biden to Trump is just eyeballing it 3.2 to one right here, it ought to be flat 3.2 all the way to election day, and it's not. So the first takeaway is that the sloping line shows that somehow the count was manipulated. Now, after, I, now look at the second uh vertical line. So the basically the the line between the second and third columns. Can you zoom in on that a little more? Are you talking about right here? That second that bump right there between the, the right after the third column? That's yeah, I don't see your cursor, so I don't know where you're okay, pointing. Yeah, that's about as big as it'll go. Okay. All right. That that's fine. Okay. Yeah. All right. So now just hold it there and, and I'll describe it. So you see this second mountain peak on, on the first line. Yes. That's where we hit about 10% of the early vote count. Yes. Uh, so at that point, that should have been a very good estimate of the final ratio. And it obviously is not because it's off by a factor of two. Now you go to the second vertical line and just to the right of that, you see that little hiccup. Yes. That it goes up and comes back down. Yes. Well, Remember, the more votes you count, the less each additional vote changes it. And what that means is that the fluctuations up and down along this sloping line should get smaller and smaller, and here's a bigger bump. So what's this bigger bump? After I got the whistleblower's report, which you just read uh, a minute ago, so I got the, that full email, I had heard about it earlier, but I didn't know the details. When I got the full email and he said they're going to be embedded in blocks of a thousand, then I knew what to look for. And so I went back and looked through the votes for blocks of a thousand that were way above the block before and the block after. And guess what? There's a block of a thousand right where that bump is. Wow. So I don't have it in front of me, but I can tell you vote ballot number so-and-so to so-and-so, these thousand ballots are ones that you ought to investigate because they don't match the ratio before or after them. And that's exactly what the whistleblower said is there's going to be blocks of a thousand inserted of extra votes for the Democrat candidate. Now, the interesting thing about it is he says that this meeting was for Democrat candidates but what I discovered is in looking at all of the races in Pima County and all of the federal races in Maricopa County, it wasn't always the Democrat who benefited from this manipulation. So almost all of them were, but there were a few Republicans who had this same sloping manipulation and this same bump at, uh, at that point. Uh, that, in so the I, just, I just screenshotted it and highlighted it while you were talking. It, we're talking about that's, the that's it right there, right? That's it. So that bump shouldn't be there. So as you're counting from left to right, you're counting more and more ballots. And so that means each additional ballot should have a smaller and smaller effect on the ratio of total Democrat divided by total Republican. And so what that means is that the 
the fluctuations above and below the straight sloping line should get smaller and smaller as you move to the right and count more and more votes. And here we have a bigger fluctuation than in the, in the column before that. And that says that something unusual happened here and that matches completely what the whistleblower claimed. Now, again, this was not part of my analysis. This is not part of my declaration in support of the lawsuit. My declaration in support of the lawsuit says two things, that the cumulative vote ratio following a sloping straight line is evidence of manipulation. And the second thing is it follows it so closely that it's hard to imagine another explanation. So now see if you do have the graph that has this same graph with kind of narrowing boundary curves around that line. So this would be uh, 23, which I think didn't show the color, or 32. Let's see here, 32. All right, I got 32. All right, this is this right here. Here we go, right here. Okay, well, see, that that is showing you the trend line, which is dashed, and the boundary lines above and below it, but it's not showing the green line of votes right. that, weaves, that we were just looking at, that, that bobs and weaves in between these uh, boundary lines. So let's go back to the previous graph, and, and I'll just describe it from let's there. Let's see if I... Uh... Let's see, because I may have it in the PowerPoint that you sent that I'm going off of earlier. I don't know. Let's see. Because um, this is an older PowerPoint you sent me. Tell me if you, you can see my screen, right? Yes. All right. So tell me if any of these are what you're looking for. Uh, no, that's the that's the set of all the races in, in Pima County. Okay. But it's, it's interesting to look at. So while you're there, uh, just look at, at every third one. So see what page you're on here and who, what the race is for. Okay. It's at the top of the graph. This is a cumulative ratio for CARP versus Gowan, state senator. Uh, okay, that's uh, state senator 14. Okay, next slide. That's... Okay, this is, this is the one. Okay. okay. This is Board of Supervisors District 1 but it has the twin peaks and the little bump at the same point as the presidential race. So what that means is that the thousand extra votes that were injected where that little bump is were for all of the races. But as I said, it wasn't 100% Democrats. There were a few Republicans who benefited from this manipulation or apparently benefited. And so, so, so they all have roughly the same shape. The all, Board of Supervisors districts are smaller because it's just a part of the county, so it's not a, a full county vote. But they still all have the twin peaks at the beginning, the little hiccup uh, at the, the same point, uh, about uh, fourth to a third of, of the way through uh, in every single race. And Logan and, might just uh, have found your color version that you're looking for as well but isn't it there we go that's the one okay that's what we uh now that's that's the one i want to talk about good uh, job go good job logan 
Did you have a question about it? No, I just said, good job, Logan. Go right ahead. All right. Yes. Thank you, Logan. All right. So the green curve is the one that we saw before in red. This is the cumulative ratio of the votes. So as you go from left to right, we're counting more and more votes and say of the votes we've counted so far, what's the number of Democrat votes divided by the number of Republican votes? So you see up at the left, those six or eight dots, every dot on this graph is 500 votes. So at the beginning, there are these wild fluctuations because it's such a small number of votes, each additional vote can change it quite a bit. But once we get 10% of the votes, which is where the black boundary lines start, so that's 50,000 votes. So Pima County had 526,000 votes. The early voting was about 80% of that. So where these boundary lines start is about uh, a little over 10% of the, of the vote has been counted. Now, to start with, let's just focus on the green line. So the green line is the actual cumulative ratio, total Biden votes divided by total Trump votes. And you'll notice that where the boundary curve starts, it's about 3.3 to one. So if it were three to one, that would mean three out of four votes were for Biden, 75%. When you get to election day, which is where the red dashed line and the black boundary curves stop, it's 1.57 to one. So if you call it 1.5 to one, that would be three to two, that's 60%. So what this means is that Biden started after 10% of the votes at 75% of the votes and then steadily and systematically declined every chunk of, say, 25,000 votes, one chunk was 75% Biden, the next chunk was 74% Biden, the next chunk was 73% Biden. And I'm sorry, but uh, envelopes don't line up that way when they come in the mail from all over the county. And are you saying it went 74, 73, 72, 71, 69, 68, 67, all the way down to election day? Exactly. Well, that's, so, that's statistically well, impossible. It is. So the first thing, uh, and I, I want to give a shout out to Cindy Butler, who uh, prepared these graphs for me. She was on with me uh, on your show yes. uh, earlier, talking about the difference between uh, mail-in votes, which were random, and votes which were not random. So she did these graphs. Um, so let's take a look again at the, at the red dashed line. Okay. So the red dashed line is called the trend line. It's a least squares linear regression to say of all the green dots. So we've got the green dots. That's the actual data, the cumulative ratio of Biden to Trump. Now, what is the closest line to all of those dots? And that's the red dashed line. So the red dashed line is the closest line. It says if you wanted to guess what the next green dot would be going left to right. If you guessed it would be following this sloping line down, you'd win your bet most of the time. Now, I like to give uh, analogies to uh, help explain the concept. So think about landing an airplane when the airport is completely fogged in. What does the airplane need to do? It needs to hit exactly the start of the runway. You don't want to hit before or you're in the mud. 
you don't want to hit halfway down the runway because then you might not have enough runway to come to a stop before the end of the runway. You want to hit the start of the runway. So think of that vertical uh, purple line as being the start of the runway. Say, that's where we want to land this plane. Now, the plane started at the far left at a higher altitude and at some distance away from the airport. So the airport's completely fogged in. The pilot can't see where the start of the runway is to aim for it. So he punches a button and says, Category 3 Autoland. And that says, look at the radio signals coming from the airport and calculate a three-degree slope to hit the start of the runway perfectly. So the airplane is going down this red dashed line toward the runway. And all of a sudden, a gust of wind comes along and bumps the nose down. What's going to happen? You're not going to hit the start of the runway. You're going to hit the mud. But the auto land says, oh, I can see that we're off the red line. Pull the stick back or the yoke, uh, however they do it these days. Get the nose back up and get back onto that red dashed line. So if you look at the green line and the red dashed line, at the left, the green line is well above the red dashed line. So that's like saying you're too high. And so the auto land system says, put the nose down a little bit. So after three or four columns, we hit the red dashed line, but we go too far. And now it's below the slope and it says, oops, nose up a little. But notice that the variations above and below the line get smaller and smaller as you get closer and closer to the start of the runway. And that's exactly what you want to happen. So if you have to make a big change in altitude or speed, you want to do it when you're a long way from the runway. You don't want to do it at the last minute. So this is the, the first takeaway is that the line shouldn't be sloped. It ought to, you shouldn't be able to say, if I'm at one of these green dots close to the red line, the next green dot is gonna be close to the red line too. It ought to be randomly above and below. And these above and below should not get smaller and smaller as you get closer to the right. So that's evidence of manipulation. Now, let me give you a chance to ask questions before yeah. I go on to the black boundary curbs. So what you're telling me is there's no way this could have been done by hand. This had to be an out. You can come back to me, guys. This had to be an algorithm running. It, it could be done by hand, but it would be prohibitive. You would have to type numbers into your spreadsheet for hours and hours to come up with numbers and say, oh, here's how they actually voted. And this is the whole point of the lawsuit in Arizona and other states to come. Back 30 years ago, before electronic voting machines were widespread, people marked their ballots by hand. They were dropped in a locked box. At 7 p.m., the boxes were unlocked. The election judge and an observer from each party took out the ballots one by one agreed on what the vote was and tallied it up. So we had hand-marked, hand-counted ballots. It was a completely transparent process. What we have now is a completely untransparent, opaque process, a black box. 
ballots go in and numbers come out and we have no idea what happened in between. Were the ballots counted correctly? Were some of them ignored? Were some of them deleted? Were some of them altered? And we saw all of the above in Mesa County, Colorado, which we did a previous program with you on with Jeff O'Donnell as to what he found in the second, second set of databases. So the purpose of this lawsuit is to argue that since the machines are not trustworthy, we should go back to a transparent and auditable uh, procedure for marking and counting ballots. And when we did it by paper, you, you know, your election judge plus a Republican and a Democrat, all three of them could agree. They don't get to agree on squat now, do they? Because they don't see, they don't know. Well, that's right. Although there are hand adjudications which are done with ballot images. But in the case of Mesa County, Colorado, there were no authentication files. And so we have no way to verify that the ballot images were not altered inside the machine. Right. But I'm saying on the night of election, three people can verify what happened. On the night of election, how do, how do three people verify with machines what happened? Can they? No, they can't. Right. So that, that's not possible. Let, okay, let me, let's go. Yeah. Go ahead. Let me, let me also read from your declaration as well, and we'll go to that next slide. You said, I have consulted for major national and international firms, including IBM and all these. So we, he's got an incredible bio, which you guys should read. Okay. But you, you talk about your analysis of the cast vote records. And you say, in my expert opinion, that in the November 2020 election for which the cast vote records data was made available, ballots in Maricopa County and Pima County were artificially processed through the tabulators tracking a proportional, integral, de derivative type control function in a closed loop feedback system. A PID, which stands for that audience, stands for that proportional, integral, uh, derivative. A PID controller or variation of it is a software coded algorithm to maintain a measured process variable, that is an outcome such as a ratio, at a pre specified desired set point. PID controllers are used everywhere from cruise control in automobiles to category three auto land for an aircraft making a landing when the runway is completely fogged in, as he explained, to industrial automation of all kinds, such as robots, refineries, and other chemical plants, manufacturing controls, and self-driving cars. And you go on to state that your information shows you that this kind of software program uh, had to be running, correct? That's right. As I said, if you look at the graph and you see there's this trend line and the actual numbers go above, below, above, below in smaller and smaller deviations, the amount of work to do those calculations and come up with these numbers by hand is prohibitive not to mention that you would then have to sort the physical ballots into the proper order in order to get this declining ratio. So whether it was a, a PID controller algorithm itself or just another piece of software that created a similar mathematical function, it accomplishes the result of starting wherever the count is and adjusting the count to get to, in this case, 60% Democrat uh, on election day. And that adjustment is something that, in, in my opinion, had to have been done by software. 
And, no. and, and this is, what race are we looking at right here? What race is represented in that graph? Uh, it's at the top of the graph. This is the presidential. Okay, that's presidential. But you see this, you see this same pattern in how many elections? Well, go to the next graph. Uh, I, I showed two more graphs from Pima. Uh, no, that's not. That, this is not. This is not the right PDF. Yeah, that's the only one we have there of those. Oh, okay, that's fine. Okay, um, for, I did three races in Pima and three races in in Maricopa County, and here's another interesting observation. You remember there were those twin peaks at the beginning, and then as the line went down, there yep. was a little hiccup. Mm -hmm. That happened in every single race in Pima County, all the way from president down to Senate, to board of supervisors, to county sheriff. It happened in every single race. In Pima County, and, Arizona. In Pima County, and they used ES&S machines. The exact or very similar curve occurred in Maricopa County, which used Dominion. So you've oh. got two different vendors whose results give evidence of having the same kind of mathematical control. The same algorithm. And I've also seen the same curve on Hart InterCivic in uh, Oregon. Which tells you that how, how, how do you have all of the machines giving the same response, are you saying they've all been hacked by the same algorithm? Well, there are a number of ways that, so, so my opinion is that these curves are so tightly controlled on the downward sloping pattern that it had to have been done by software. It would be too much work uh, to do by hand. And, and how many people would it take to do it for each race? Uh, well, exactly. So I mean, one person couldn't do it on election yes. night for, for yeah. all the races. Exactly. So it is not plausible that in just one county in Pima County that a small number of people could sort 400,000 votes into an order that would give the downward sloping line and have this hiccup at exactly the same point in every single race. Because you've got to remember in Arizona, as in other states, illegal aliens can vote in federal races by getting a federal race only registration. And so that means the down ballot races for state and countywide elections, illegal aliens were not able to vote. It wasn't on their ballot, but they were able to vote. So more people were able to vote for president than for the state and county offices. And yet the curves were very, very similar. So the the inference that I draw from that is that the different manufacturers were susceptible to the same kind of manipulation by software. Now, how did the software get in the machine? You know, let me count the ways. But the it thing is, been, the software got into all the machines, is what you're saying. At least the ones that... So I've looked at about 30 counties across the country. Mm -hmm. 29 of the 30 show manipulation similar to this. 
I see, I've seen one county out of 30 that I don't see any obvious manipulation in the cumulative cast vote ratio. And why do you think that is? They leave, did they leave one county so they could go to that county if they wanted to do a test and say, look, everything's fine here, but they would pick that county? Uh, sorry, I, I, don't have a good, uh, I don't have a good answer to that. And like I say, you know, absence of evidence is not evidence of absence. So every, every test that you do for error or for fraud, whether it's on an election or anything else, only measures part of the story. So this cumulative vote ratio will detect manipulation, which a risk-limiting audit cannot. So a risk-limiting audit, which was not done in Arizona, but it is done in a number of states. And for the viewers, explain the difference between what you did and a risk-limited audit. What's the difference? Well, a risk-limiting audit is based on taking a big enough random sample to have a high level of confidence that the reported result, if it's off, the error would not change the outcome of the election. And so it's basically looking for error. So the way it does it, if you want to think in terms of the graph that I showed you, it's just looking at that 1.57 ratio of Democrat to Republican at election day and saying, all, all right, how many ballots do we have to pick at random out of those 400,000 to count to be 99% sure that the real number would not be different enough to change the outcome of the election. But the risk limiting audit is only looking at that one point. And since it's only looking at one point, it can't look at the whole sloping line. It can't tell you was the line sloping or was the line horizontal like it ought to be. Wow. And so the risk limiting audit catches some types of errors. The cumulative ratio, which I did, catches different kinds of of errors. And so we've got to look at all of the poss all of the available tests to, to catch all of the possible errors. Here's what you wrote. Finish. Here's what you wrote in your uh, declaration. Note that neither the current Arizona statutory election audit procedures nor the various forms of risk limiting audits used by the other states would have detected this controlled manipulation since they do not take into account the sequence that votes are recorded. After approximately the first 12% of votes are tabulated, the early votes are predictable and dependent in the relationship between one block of votes and the next. Such predictability and dependence would not occur without artificial manipulation. Achieving such predictability requires what should be independent votes to be artificially manipulated to form the downward sloping line through the cumulative vote ratio. In my expert opinion, such predictability is so statistically improbable improbable as to be impossible without manipulation or control and thus demonstrates to a reasonable degree of scientific and mathematical certainty that the tabulation of these ballots was artificially controlled. That's right. And as I said, it's too much work to have been done by hand to achieve this same result in all, all of the races that I analyzed. So how did the software get in the machine? Well, you know, let me count the ways. It might have been installed by the manufacturer. It might have been part of the operating system. 
It might have been an open source or off-the-shelf commercial library that was incorporated into their code. It might have been remote access, hacking into it and altering the software. It might have been a virus. It might have been some other kind of malware. So my uh, conclusion that it was most likely software, I have no evidence as to how the software got into the machine to do that. It's just that what I observed coming out of the machine, I believe could only be explained by software algorithm. Well, now we have the Cyber Security Infrastructure Agency coming out the 1st of June, 2022, and saying that the Dominion machines are vulnerable to this kind of behavior. While we, they say we don't have any evidence it occurred, hasn't our own government, CISA, this Cyber Security Infrastructure Agency admitted this is a flaw in the machine? Uh, yes, what their report confirms is what was first found by Alex Halderman in a case in Georgia, that there are nine critical vulnerabilities which make the Dominion machines susceptible to hacking. And these vulnerabilities obviously will have to be addressed by Dominion and by the states which use them, such as Colorado statewide, in the case of Arizona, I think only Maricopa County used Dominion and the other counties used uh, uh, other vendors. You state here, the evidence detailed above overwhelmingly demonstrates to a reasonable degree of scientific mathematical certainty that the sequence of the CVR, remind our audience what CVR stands for again? Cast vote record. Data, the CVR data in both Maricopa County and Pima County show artificial control. You go on to state the alternating oscillations above and below the trend line with descending deviations from the trend line would require a prohibitive amount of calculation to accomplish by hand, not to mention the careful manual sorting of many thousands of batches of ballots to achieve the actual curves observed in the 26 races analyzed. This means that some type of computer algorithm is indicated and a PID, remind our audience what that stands for, Proportional Integral Derivative. That's a piece of software like landing an airplane in fog on an airport. Exactly, or the cruise control on your car. A PID controller is the simplest control function that would exhibit following a trend line with alternating oscillations above and below the trend line with decreasing deviations from the trend line. Note that this same type of, manip of manipulation occurred both in Pima County, Arizona, which used ES&S voting machines as did most other counties in Arizona, and also in Maricopa County, Arizona, which used Dominion voting machines, as you said earlier, as did 23 other states, indicating that the same or similar software was responsible. Such manipulating software could be installed in a variety of ways, including vendor programming, operating system components, open source or commercial off-the-shelf libraries, remote access, viruses, or other malware. Unless and until future proposed electronic voting systems, including hardware, software, source code, firmware, are made completely uh, open to the public and also subjected to scientific analysis by independent and objective experts to determine that they are secure from manipulation or intrusion. In my professional opinion, as a computer expert, electronic voting systems should not even be considered for use in any future elections as they cannot be relied upon to generate secure and transparent election results free from the very real possibility of unauthorized manipulation. 
My professional opinion as a computer expert is therefore that hand-marked, hand-counted paper ballots should be used instead. That was my conclusion after analyzing this data for uh, about a year. For about a year. And so when we hear the media say uh, all the um, things brought up by Mike Lindell and others have all been debunked, that they're conspiracies, what do you say to that? Well, most of them don't look at the right things. So, for example, in Mesa County, Colorado, uh, where Tina Peters made a backup of the machine before the Secretary of State and Dominion erased it, um, Jeff O'Donnell found duplicate databases, which he and I have discussed on, on your show in, uh, in, in previous days. This report that we issued about that duplicate databases and the unverifiable ballots in Mesa County, Colorado, was submitted by a citizen there to the district attorney who asked the district attorney to investigate the crimes or potential crimes of manipulation and deletion of election records, which is both a federal and a state and a state crime. The district attorney made an investigation made a public report to the Board of County Commissioners. His conclusion was the report by Dr. Doherty and Mr. O'Donnell, the con their conclusions are false. He didn't list a single conclusion that we made that was false, and he didn't give any evidence that any of our conclusions was false. He didn't look at the databases, which is what 80 of the 88 pages of the report are about, is the databases in the report. And he didn't look at the deleted election records. And then he concluded that the investigation should be closed. So people who don't, if someone says there's a problem with your databases and they don't look at the databases and say, I don't see a problem, you know where the problem lies. So what these people are doing is, is repeating the, the narrative they've been told to repeat. Well, at several points in his presentation, he said, and Dominion would not do this. So it's obvious that he or his investigator had spoken to Dominion and, and asked their opinion as to how these duplicate databases could have occurred. So in your opinion, do you believe this algorithm, again, I'm asking your opinion, do you believe this algorithm was something that was hacked into and, and, and put onto the system by a foreign entity? Or do you believe that, you know, when we talk about the deep state, the deep state was doing a color revolution as they've done, and we have found, according to other attorneys, software that has been patented by the Defense Department to do this kind of thing overseas. Do you think that our deep state or the military industrial complex or the intelligence community was doing this very thing on our own government elections here in the U.S.? Or do you believe the third option? If it wasn't an outside government doing it on its own, accessing a vulnerability that even the government now through the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency admits is there, if it wasn't an outside government, China or someone doing it on their own, it wasn't our deep state doing it on its own, could it be the deep state loud for there to be a back door knowing that our adversaries would take advantage of it and that would just be very good for them or what do you think because something smells well 
all of the above are possible and about remote access uh, or intrusion or hacking, whatever you want to call it, we don't know because the election logs were set on the uh, machine that we examined in Mesa County, Colorado, were set so small that they only kept less than the last week of information. So there are logs in the operating system as to who connects and from what IP address at what time using what login name and what password and so forth. But it's like the uh, security camera at your local uh, convenience food store is that at the end of the week, they just go back and use the same tape again for the next week. So by the time Tina Peters made uh, a backup in May, the logs from November were long gone. They've so, been overwritten. So what, and it, but doesn't the federal law require them to hold those? It does. And there, there is some uh, disagreement about what constitutes an election record. But if it's somebody logging into a voting machine, that sure sounds like an election record to me. And the argument that they didn't want to make the buffer any bigger because they might run out of disk space is totally spurious because the, they set the buffer to 20 megabytes, which as I said, is, is less than a week's work worth of information to say, you can see who logged in last week, but you can't see who logged in two weeks ago and forget about six months ago, you know, that's been erased. The disk was 958 megabytes and it was only about half full. So they could have made the log file size big enough to retain the logins from last November for six months or longer. And uh, in my opinion, they should have because uh, I'm not an attorney, but it seems to me that every record connected with an election is in one way or another an election record and ought to be preserved for 22 months by federal law and 25 months in the case of state law. Because state laws can be stricter, but they can't be looser than federal law. Well, and you know, it's consistent with Dr. with what Dr. Doug Frank told us in our documentary, Absolute Interference and Scientific Proof. You prepare for the steal, you do the steal, and then you cover up the steal. That sounds like that's what's going on there. Well, the whistleblower's allegation is that there were 30, 35,000 fraudulent votes uh, given to every Democrat candidate in Pima County, although, as I mentioned, uh, there were a couple of Republicans that had this, the same curve. So it was, it was most, but not exclusively, uh, Democrats uh, in in Pima County, and so that if you add thirty-five thousand to the count you have to come up with 35,000 ballots somewhere. So either someone has to fill out a bunch of pieces of paper, you have to Xerox it, you have to copy the file in the computer. So I don't know how, what ballots match those bumps, but I'd sure like to see that block of a thousand ballots that I pointed out where the hiccup occurred. Absolutely. Do you have a website you wanna promote? I occasionally post on Telegram as Dr. D presents, DR underscore D underscore presents. Dr. Doherty, thank you for being with us. Thank you, Brandon. Fabulous report. Fascinating. And folks, it's at frankspeech.com. Just go to the website there, frankspeech.com. My music just played. I'm going to go over for a second just so I can be sure to show you guys where this is. Go to frankspeech.com. 
I'm going to take you back to the beginning of the page. Here's our first player right here. Go down to injunction, injunctions to terminate the machines. Click on that. And there is Dr. Doherty's declaration we just went over right there. Click on it and it's all there for you to view. Again, Mike Lindell is the one funding and helping with all of this, of course, through his whole um, uh, legal fund. So I hope that you will help him out. There it is. My page is acting right, but it's there. Trust me. I hope you'll go to lindelllegalfund.org, lindelllegalfund.org, which is helping to do this incredible, important work to fix 2020 and save our country, folks. Otherwise, it's either enemies foreign and domestic or foreign or domestic or in concert together. Either way, we're toast because they're clearly going to choose people that will go for the Great Reset, which by 2030, they've said you'll own nothing and be happy. Well, if we want to get outside this tyranny, we've got to be able to pick our own leaders that will defend our constitutional republic. How likely is that to happen if it's being done by the globalists? This is vital work. Every American should be on board, regardless of their party. I hope you'll help Mike Lindell out to fund all this by doing one of two things. Going to lindelllegalfund.org, lindelllegalfund.org, or go to mypillow.com and buy something for yourself, gifts, wedding gifts, housewarming gifts, college dorms this coming spring or fall. You know, they all go back to school in August. They're going to need stuff. So please, mypillow.com, make purchases and support this work of Mike Lindell and this network at the same time. Use that promo code L77. This has been the Lindell Report. I'm Brandon House in for Mike Lindell, who literally was covered in paperwork tonight and administrative work. And he just said, can you sit in so I get caught up on so much administrative work that I need to do to keep everything going? And I said, absolutely. That'll take a burden off you, Mike. I will. Because, folks, doing the show is one thing. There's a lot of show prep. You don't just show up here. You have to print this off, read it, mark it up, understand it so you, you can ask intelligent questions. And uh, so when we come on the air here, folks, understand What's behind an hour broadcast is many hours of show prep. So again, we appreciate your support. The Worldview Report begins right now. I'm Brandon House. Thanks for watching. Take care. You're watching Lindell TV.